Thank you for visiting the Your Mindful Coach podcast. This is Mark Balser. Today I'll begin with a brief talk, Meeting Your Critic. This is all about the self-critic, the internal voice in our head that never satisfied. And then I'll close with a 20-minute meditation entitled Treating Ourselves as Others. I see this practice as a bit of a bridge between the self-compassion work that we've been exploring and the work of vulnerability that I look forward to sharing with you in the coming months. Please check out my website, www.yourmindfulcoach.com, as well as my blog and newsletter, which you can find on the site. And now, on with the talk. So today I'd like to share a couple of ideas about working with our self-critic, and I'll close with a meditation practice where we explore treating ourselves as we would treat others. The self-critic, the internal voice that I'm talking about, is that voice that tells us, you're just not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not handsome or pretty enough. You just don't measure up. And there are also times with this self-critic where it offers the message that we're getting too arrogant, getting too big for our britches. Who do you think you are? And I think there's some valuable roles that the self-critic can play, but there needs to be a voice for other more caring and compassionate perspectives in our experience. I like the quote um, that uh, goes, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And I think often that great battle is taking place within our own minds as we try to reconcile our experience, our thoughts and emotions as we go through this world. So to me, the internal critic seems to be a bit of a storage container for our experience and for our shame. The author, Brene Brown, talks about shame as the fear of disconnection, an intensely painful feeling of believing we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. And that shame is all about our identity and telling us who we are. So the self-critic isn't about guilt, isn't about embarrassment where Generally, we're talking about how we feel about actions we've taken or speech we've made that might have been hurtful or unwise. The message that comes from shame is that you are bad. Instead of saying, that project failed, or even, I failed, the self-critic tends to tilt towards saying, you're a failure, not project failed or you failed, but you are a failure. And I think there's room for many voices in this experience. One of the most important being the voice of self-compassion. Over the last several months, I've been sharing some thoughts on self-compassion, and I thought I'd offer this brief talk as a bridge to some of the work of vulnerability that I see 
as a really valuable component of how we grow, how we learn, and how we face change with flexibility and resilience. So a couple ideas that I wanted to share with you on how to work with this self-critic. There's four of them. The first is cultivating a voice of reason. The second is offering self-compassion. The third is approaching our internal critic with a sense of curiosity and even honoring that self-critic. And the fourth is to experiment with treating that self-critic like a bully. Our bullies feed on reactions, and so if we can be less reactive to those messages that we hear, they lose their power. So there's a wonderful poem by Mary Oliver I'd like to share with you called The Journey. One day, you finally knew what you had to do and began, though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble, and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried. But it didn't stop. You knew what you had to do, though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough, and a wild night, and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. So, to me, all those voices around you, the voices that kept shouting their bad advice, many of them are part of the internal experience. So, a couple of ideas. The first, uh, cultivate a voice of reason. The author, Annie Lamott, has a wonderful quote. My mind is like a bad neighborhood. I don't want to go there alone. Now, being in community can certainly be helpful with our inner critic, but we can also cultivate a voice within us of care and compassion. I really don't think we'll be able to eliminate our self-critic. And even if we did, there are some valuable elements to that self-critic. Uh, our self-critic might motivate us and might also be important in situations of danger. But that self-critic really needs a counterpoint. And as we cultivate a voice of unconditional love for ourselves, that voice can serve to short-circuit a lot of our ruminative thinking. And it can be forgiving as well. One of my teachers, Jonathan Faust, uh, talks about how if you're having trouble meeting up to your standards, if you're really struggling, lower your standards. And so in some situations that might be valuable, but it's certainly a voice of mercy and care. So we can 
use that voice of reasoning to apply mindfulness, to be aware of what's happening in our experience and choose what we'll do next. The second idea is offering the tools of self-compassion that we've been working with over the last few months. Kristen Neff's self-compassion break is just wonderful. She suggests that if you're finding yourself struggling to offer yourself the following words, this is a moment of suffering. Suffering is part of the human condition. May I be kind to myself in this moment. May I give myself the compassion I need. This self-talk and self-soothing can be very valuable when we feel alone. The Vietnamese Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh offers the phrase, Darling, I'm here for you. And so he suggests just in, in any challenging moment, offering that word to yourself, darling, I'm here for you. Tara Brock uses the phrase, this too. So it's a way of honoring our experience and taking care of yourselves. A final piece of the self-compassion work is to connect with the shared human experience. And so part of this cultivates empathy and you can really practice with perspective taking. Uh, one of the exercises Krista Neff offers on her website is called, How Would You Treat a Friend? And so it really goes to the basis of how we treat others when we're in difficulty and how different it might be from how we treat ourselves. Her exercises got four steps where you start by thinking about a time when a close friend felt bad about himself or was really struggling. And as you write down how you might respond to a friend in that situation. And of course, usually, usually these include some soothing, empathetic and compassionate words. And then the second step is to think about a time when you yourself felt bad or were struggling. And how do you typically respond in such a situation? What's the self-talk that comes up for you. And the third step is writing down the differences you might have noticed and, and exploring why, what factors or fears come into play that lead you to treat yourself and others so differently. And so that final step, as you've built this perspective of how to treat others kindly, is the time where you write down how you might change your own response. So it's a really neat practice. I have a version of it on my website uh, in the seven mindful minute share series that I'll share with you. The third idea is to approach that internal critic with some curiosity, uh, in some sense to honor it. And part of that honoring is exploring What's going on in your experience? Is there an unmet need that is driving you to push yourself or offer those critical words? And as part of that curiosity, you can do a practice where you can even explore, well, what if that statement wasn't true? 
what, what would it be like? I find that to be a really valuable practice. And the final idea is to treat that self-critic like a bully. Our bullies feed on reactions. And one of the interesting tricks of working with a bully is that if a bully comes up to you and says hurtful words, you can just smile and walk away. You can say, okay, and walk away. And sometimes, hopefully more often than not, it takes away the power of that bully because they don't get to see the reaction and response that they're looking for. So you're saying hello to it, but you're not putting it in charge. So just a couple ideas I thought I'd share with you. Uh, The practice that I'll begin in a moment is treating ourselves as others. So I'll guide you through this practice. Two things to know. Uh, There's a little bit of background noise that I think I was able to work my way through. There was an air conditioner in the room. And I also uh, quote another Mary Oliver poem near the end called Wild Geese. And one of the wonderful lines in this poem is... You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. And there's some really interesting language in there that goes to our self-critic. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. So, So there's some nice stuff there. Um, As always, please check out my website, www.yourmindfulcoach.com. I'll have a blog post on meeting the critic up up in a few days with many, many links to interesting resources that you might try out. And as always, email me at mark, that's M-A-R-C, at yourmindfulcoach.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Thank you. I thought we'd begin with our breath, observing the gentle flow of the air entering and exiting our lungs. Perhaps noticing it where you feel it most prominently. Perhaps in your abdomen, rise and fall of your chest, or even your nose. Observing this breath with a measure of care, of love. Your breath continues without any real effort on your part. Bringing oxygen and energy throughout your body, 
So you breathe in and breathe out. noticing the movement of breath throughout your entire body. Perhaps the slight raise of your shoulders. Rising of your chest and your abdomen. Even through your back and neck. as it enters your nose. Any sensations you might feel in your legs, your feet. Attention to your breath to slowly dissolve, dropping your focus, and now bringing to mind a loved one, a dear friend, someone for whom your care comes quite naturally. You might imagine this friend or loved one in a time of difficulty. Bringing a sense of how they must feel in this difficult situation to your mind. Perhaps visualizing it. Sense how you might respond to this friend in need. What you, what you might say, what you might do. Perhaps playing in a playing a movie in your mind of how you'd care for this person. you might say to them. Reminding them that they're only human. They're doing the best that they can. That this time must be difficult for them. 
they didn't choose to be in this difficult or challenging situation. And you see that it hurts them. That it's really hard. sharing your wishes for this person, your desire for them to be happy. okay to feel how they're feeling. Everyone has moments like this. You might reflect on how you would like others to treat you were you in this same situation. What you might need in this difficult time. friend to move along and returning to your own experience of a difficulty or a challenge, an issue you might be facing or have faced recently. And see if you can offer yourself the same words of kindness and care that you offered this other being. Being mindful of the difficulty of this situation that you're not alone, that many beings have experienced these types of situations.
bringing kindness to your experience. to time, you might note some doubt, some judgment or self-criticism, maybe take a moment to explore the intention of this self-criticism. Perhaps you're trying to protect yourself from difficulty or pain or fear. Perhaps this criticism comes from childhood or relationships that were quite difficult. Allowing yourself some choice not in your circumstance, but in your response. The choice to respond with self-soothing, self-love. have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. As you continue with this silent meditation, you might offer yourself compassion in any way that is meaningful to you, perhaps offering the phrases from the self-compassion break. May I be kind to myself in this moment. 
May I give myself the compassion I need.
In the closing minutes of this meditation, you might return your attention to your breath. This breath that nourishes and feeds your body. Perhaps bringing an attention to bring together those ways that we might treat another in need with how we might treat ourselves in need. <laughs> 